0: Episode, I think it's episode nine of um, High Tide in the Dreamtime. And what I'm going to talk about today is the dreaming or the field, or you know, really what I'm going to make this uh, little podcast about is about reconnecting. Um, since my last podcast, quite a few people have gotten in touch with me who've had synchronicities inspired. By hearing the podcast, and you know, I don't think the podcast caused it, I just think that people notice it once they become aware of it. And you know, Jung had this notion that uh, all psychological problems are religious in nature, and he meant when he said religious, he didn't mean conventional um, sex of Christianity or. Uh, Judaism or uh, Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism, what he meant was the essence of the word religious, which really means to reconnect. You know, and he thought that all kind of psychological problems have their genesis in an unseen disconnect from the source of the self. Um, And his notion of the self was that the self was eternal. It existed outside of time and space. And it has... um, It was the source of one's life. And he thought that where there was conflict between the ego and the self, that's where people's real problems were, where the ego wasn't uh, being an ambassador for the self the aspects of itself where it was unrelated to the wishes of the self, uh, that's where people had problems. So, one of the premises that I I work with is that by reconnecting to the self, by reconnecting, you know, it's the self in Jung's language, it's the quantum field in the language of quantum physics, and I don't mention this, but it was his belief that depth psychology and physics would join and that would be the psychology of the future. Um, anyway, his, his, so his premise that I find is easy to work with is if, if people have difficulties and you are able, or they are able, to reconnect with a more eternal version It's like like an updated operating system where the operating system of the ego is usually based in difficulty or history or resistance or discomfort in its genesis. that, That becomes outdated at a certain point and it usually becomes outdated by people's suffering. And Jung didn't believe that insight was enough to end people's suffering. Jung believed that when you updated your operating system, when you came into contact with the self that's where the healing was that's where the transformation was that's where suffering ceased in that particular aspect of your personality so he didn't think that comprehension was enough he thought that you had to have a higher aspect of consciousness intercede in the conflict that is within you. And that people often created those conflicts so that would happen. They would put themselves in insurmountable situations that didn't seem to have a way out, so that what would happen was, in his language, it was the transcendent function. Um, it, it was the third thing. It wasn't this or that, choosing this or that. It was this whole third thing that at that point, Previously was unknown, and so this past week it's been interesting because a lot of the work that I do is uh, about uh, allowing people to have that transcendent experience, and then it sort of reorients themselves towards the structure of their egoic consciousness. And one of the things that happened without me having to do anything by talking about synchronicity is a lot of people got in touch with me after hearing my last podcast and said they'd had wonderful synchronicities. Um, and, you know, it was, it, was, it was really spectacular to hear. And then one of the things that's really important about these experiences, you know, I've written about synchronicity on my website. Um, I've had a lot of uh, profound synchronistic experiences. And, you know, I think synchronicities point out to you that the state of consciousness that you're in is not what you think it is. You know, you think about somebody who you haven't seen in 15 years and you run into them that day, you know, you open a book to a page and it's your 50th birthday and the book opens to page 50, you know, stuff like that. Um, They happen because it's the self, it's the quantum field pointing out to you that it's aware of you and it's aware of the state of consciousness that you're in And it's trying to communicate with you. That's what synchronicities do. You know, um, I'll tell you a funny good story about a synchronicity. Um, A few years ago, it might have been 10 years ago, and I think this might be on my website as well. I woke up on July 26th, and I woke up, and the first thought in my head, which wasn't an intellectual thought, it was like a dream almost, was, oh, it's Mick Jagger's birthday. Because I guess it was July 26th because of astrology I know people's birthdays and then my next thought was oh and it's Carl Jung's birthday and then as I thought it's Carl Jung's birthday I saw one of those green beetles that we have in Los Angeles they're, they have shiny they have shiny uh, jackets and they fly and I'm actually googling right now what they're called I saw it bouncing off the window um outside the loft where I was asleep. And I was amazed because, um, I guess maybe Cotinus, the Green June Beetle, that's what it's called. You can Google it and look at them. That's exactly what it was. Um, There was one bouncing off the window outside the loft space where I was was living at the time. And it blew my mind because it completely reminded me that Jung's great... Example of synchronicity was that he was with a client who'd had a dream uh, about a scarab, about you know an Egyptian beetle, and as he was telling Jung this dream in his office, uh, one of these June beetles, these green June beetles, started tapping against the window, and Jung said, "Oh, there's your scarab," and I told a bunch of people this story. And then I'd say three years later, uh, another friend, a friend sent me a photo because one of these beetles had landed in their hair. And when I saw the photo, I was like, oh my God, that's so wild because today is July 25th and tomorrow's Jung's, Jung's birthday and that, that's when they sent me the photo and I, I went on my iPhone to send them a text to explain to them the amazing synchronicity and when I went on my phone and I opened it, I, I saw that in fact, it wasn't July 25th it was July 26th and it was the same day as I'd had that synchronicity three years before and the, the, the organizing principle of synchronicities is that there's an a-causal relationship between two events. It's not Newtonian, it's not mechanistic. The thing that connects the events is meaning. That it means something to you, that it points out something to you that is profound about the underlying nature of reality. And events like this should change you. They should change your awareness of what your foundations are. And that's what they're working at. You know, um, it's not that these experiences are unusual or outside of normal. It's that our egoic consciousness is unusual and outside of normal. It's a conditioned state that we've created to deal with an environment, to protect ourselves. Almost always. Always. And it screens out a lot of awareness. It screens out a lot of possibility. It screens out a lot of dynamic awareness of the totality of our being. And when you have a synchronicity, what you're being reminded of is that you're doing this. So it's not that the synchronicity happens outside the scope of your normal consciousness, It's that your ego consciousness happens outside the scope of the totality of your consciousness. And events like synchronicities are reminding you of that. And so when these things happen, you should be changed. Your awareness should open up a little bit and it should stay open. It should be reminded like a letter Now I know in the Talmud it says about dreams, it says a dream that is not interpreted is like an unopened letter. And when these things happen, this dynamic consciousness that has given birth to all of physical reality, because Consensus with quantum physicists for a long time has been that consciousness precedes matter. And so everything that you see, everything that you experience today, trees, mountains, oceans, houses, it's all consciousness first. And your ego, my ego, separates ourselves from that and doesn't allow it to inform us about our origins as much as it should. And I know especially now with the coronavirus and everybody's locked up and civilization seems to be teetering. That's what we're focused on. But that consciousness is aware of you and your capacity to experience it right now. And it wants to be known by you wants to be let in. It wants you to take on its shading. Like, if you imagine yourself as blue, I'm not saying don't be you. I'm not saying don't be the unique individual that you are because that is what it wants. It wants you to be the individual expression of it that nobody else can do, that you can do it in just your way in with all your power and all your uniqueness. But it's almost like if say you're blue and it's red, it wants you to be a bit more purple. And these events, synchronicities, even accidents are like this. Almost everything is like this because it's communicating all the time It's designed so that you become more informed by it. Dreams are like that as well. You know, dreams are always telling you something about the totality of who you are that is presently unknown to you. So if you have a dream and you go, oh, it's about that, and it fits into your ego's understanding of life, that's not what it's about. It's about your ego being informed that there are things that it doesn't understand and that there are parts of itself that can be expanded and broadened and that you can move out the aperture of how you perceive things. And ultimately, that is what Jung thought was healing. Like I said, he didn't think insight was helpful. He thought it was helpful. But he thought what was healing Was what he called a metanoia. A transformation of consciousness, a transformation of the egoic state, so that the problems that were created by the ego in one state, when it moves into another state, it doesn't, that incorporates the self, it doesn't even recognize those things as problems anymore. It doesn't consider them. It doesn't obsess about them. It doesn't struggle with them. It just doesn't notice them because it's working on a whole new set of transformational capabilities. And ultimately, that's what the ego is. It's the structure that we transform ourselves with so that we can get rid of it and build another one. You know, it's like, it's very much like a... You know, caterpillar. That when it 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 goes into cocoon, and for a lot of people, that is their uh, difficulty. That is where they struggle. It wants to become something else because oftentimes the egoic state is outdated. It doesn't work anymore. The self doesn't need the things worked out that it needed worked out in that state it needs new things and the way that it does that is by expanding consciousness by creating experiences that inform the ego that its understanding of itself is too small so dreaming psychedelics synchronicities um, astrology can be like that too astrology can speak about the changes to come, and what the self wants, what the field wants in a certain period. These are all tools that allow us to see where we are in space and time and what's being asked of us. And the thing is, is people should pay as much attention to that as they pay to any other aspect of their life. They should pay as much attention to that as they pay to, you know, what's going on in the world, especially now with the with the coronavirus, what's going on with their career, what's going on with their relationships. They should know where they are in that transformative process and how the quantum field is communicating with them. It's not having that. Not having a conscious relationship with the self or the quantum field is terrifying because... It is isolating and it's alienating. And that relationship is something that goes through birth and death. You know, it, it precedes birth, it follows death. And to be in this life without that relationship is it's really not being able to hear the kind of eternal music that's in everybody's life. And so making a place for that, honoring that, hearing it, recognizing it, looking for it, fostering a relationship with that aspect of oneself is central to physical and mental health. And so what I want to do with this podcast, my overreaching goal is to encourage people to have that experience. You know, it's to encourage people. embrace the potentials in those experiences and to notice them and to incorporate them into their sense of themselves into their identity knowing that those aren't anomalies strange things that happen to them dreams they had that then came true um, insights that were created by strange occurrences that are happening outside reality What's really happening outside of reality is our ego states that are like calluses against the environment that we find ourselves and or grew up in that ultimately don't speak to our deepest nature. And they're necessary to navigate the world. It's necessary to have a ship to float on the sea. But we can never be limited in our moment-to-moment experience by what we presently understand about ourselves, our capabilities, about the world. So I hope that this inspires people. I think, I think, I hope people keep going with that stuff. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I hope that this gives you something to contemplate. Um, and I really enjoy these podcasts. Um, I enjoy making them. So I hope that you guys enjoy listening to them. Hope everybody's well and staying healthy. And Um, using this time in a constructive and uh, life-supporting way. And uh, be well, everybody. All right, thanks so much.